We officially have OHL regular season games to talk about as we move into episode 73 of the night shift. The first episode really of the start of the 2023 campaign for the London Knights. And you can follow along with any other previous podcasts on whatever platform you get your podcasts on, whether it's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. You can follow it at globalnews.ca as well. Myself and Mike Stubbs, your host, you can follow Stubbs. He is at every single night's game doing the call at Stubbs980 at Kyle Gamard. Mike, a pretty good weekend to start for the London Knights, a 2-0 and record with back-to-back wins against Niagara. We're going to talk Michael Simpson, Sam Dickinson, and Peanut. Mike, the nickname that came to be for Sam O'Reilly. Yes, yes, we are. Captain Stink Pants had a special request that he had sent in saying, could you please tell the story of how Sam O'Reilly got the nickname Peanut? So we could tell the story, but later in the podcast, why do we want to do it when we can get Sam himself to do it? So Sam O'Reilly will tell us who gave it to him, how he got it, and what he thinks of the nickname Peanut, and he was certainly, Kyle, a big part of two wins by the London Knights over the Niagara Ice Dogs to begin the season. Yeah, very much so, and it was a weekend of firsts for the London Knights. It starts off with Michael Simpson getting his first start as a member of the London Knights the last time he was in this building. He was a member of the Peterborough Peets in the OHL Finals, and Listen, there's a reason that, you know, trades happen, teams go in and they make adjustments to certain things. There is a reason the London Knights went out and acquired Michael Simpson. In game one, it showed. It did. 19 saves in the first period. And in fact, Dylan Hunter addressed that after the game. The fact that Michael Simpson faced 20 shots in the opening period of the first game. You know, Niagara came out hard, and obviously the shots were not in our favor and not what we wanted, but Michael, uh, you know, we saw it all last year from him, and, you know, it was big for him. And obviously, he had the nerves coming in, and always wanted to play in this rink and play for the Knights kind of thing, and uh, he studied the team and kind of what we're looking for. That is Knights assistant coach Dylan Hunter, and that's what you go and get a veteran goaltender for. He's been through that everyday grind that gets going, not just in the regular season, but certainly in the playoffs, and is somebody who just has that knowledge of what it takes and he showed it in the first period and what do you know 19 saves and then things settled down after that as dylan alluded to yeah and you know mike the night continued on and that steady goaltending was what helped a couple london knights get there first and it starts with casper haltonen who there has been a lot of media noise there's been a lot of noise in general surrounding him and that He's going to score goals, and he very much did that all weekend long. He gets his first as a London Knights uh, in this one uh, on a power play on just a hammer of a shot on a one. I mean, he can shoot the puck like no other. He really does have an NHL caliber shot. And then on top of that, we're going to talk about him later on. Sam O'Reilly, a guy who was selected by the London Knights last year in the OHL priority selection, sat most of the season, played, uh, you know, junior B, a level down. Now he gets his opportunity as one of the younger guys to come up and makes an immediate impact. Another guy that also made the impact, Mike, Caden Johnston. Definitely. Caden Johnston scored a goal in game number two against Niagara, but set up that game-winning goal that Sam O'Reilly scored and 
there are times in the season where the puck's not going in the net. And what do you do? You have to score the dirty goals, the greasy goals. You have to find a way to get yourself into position where it's not going to be a little tic-tac-toe play. It's nothing pretty. You find a way to get it in. And Caden Johnston talked to us about the pass that set up that game-winning goal with Sam O'Reilly. You know, uh, I think shot first, and I see uh, Peanut going to the net. Just reaction through a sauce pass, and, and the net just motions go crazy. You're up a goal, so yeah. And Sam, you see that pass go up in the air and go down. What are you doing? Kind of just driving the net hard, hoping get a stick on it. So, I mean, down a goal, kind of trying to do anything to get one late in the game. So, kind of just driving the net, hoping for the best, and. You know, Johnny had a nice pass over to me, so it all worked out. And he managed to get a stick on it? Yeah, yeah. They did have to check on that. What's that like yeah. being on the bench while they check? Yeah, I mean, it's pretty nerve-wracking. Obviously, for my first goal, kind of hoping that it was going to count, but it did, so it was a good feeling when they, when they okay. announced that. Sam O'Reilly and Caden Johnston talking about what ended up as the game winner on opening night against the Niagara Ice Dogs. And, Kyle, you mentioned Casper Halton at he maybe had one of the best lines after his first game. And he scored three goals in two games. They all came on the power play. It, it's almost like Micah Parsons of the Dallas Cowboys in the way that he can set up because sure, he's got the places that you know maybe he's most used to. And that seems to be on the offside as he sets up on, on the left side of the zone and, he can hammer one-timers, but he scored a goal right from the slot. And Micah Parsons will come at you as, you know, a defensive lineman from all kinds of directions. Makes him so hard to defend. Casper Haltonen's a little bit like that. But we talked to Casper about his first goal because that first goal was scored from a really sharp angle where Denver Barkey was behind the net and kind of looked off the other penalty killers on the ice and then fed this little pass over to Casper Halton. And, and he was just inches off the goal line, but he's almost in the corner. And so we said, Casper, like, how did you know you could even make that shot? The goal has been in the same place for like hundred years. So I don't know. It's just, I don't know where the goal is. And, and uh, I saw that it was empty. And I just, uh, and on that uh, situation, I had to just, hit the net and that was a goal your first goal the team's first goal of the season what was it like hearing the crowd that was like unreal gave me so much more energy and and um like the, that's like for sure one goal that i will uh i'll remember from my uh, whole life congratulations thank you very much knights forward casper halton and second round pick of the san jose sharks the net has been in the same place for over 100 years, and this guy is loving playing in London. So the Knights are 2-0, and and they had Ryder Bolton get his first goal as a London Knight, and he took a, a nice speed from Will Nickel, who got in quickly on the forecheck, got the puck to him, and uh, Rene Van Bommel was in on that play as well. And so some really, really good signs through those two wins. And we'll talk a little bit about Sault Ste. Marie in just a second because the Greyhounds have scored 18 goals in their first two games. This is a team <laughs> that you didn't necessarily look at and say, you know, I I think this is going to be one of the front runners. 
But then you start to look at their roster and you start to break it down and you think, you know, there's a lot of reasons why this team could be among the front runners in the OHL. So we'll talk about that in just a little bit. But Kyle, we've got to get some thoughts from you on Easton Cowan because the Toronto Maple Leafs have made some moves. They sent some guys to the Toronto Marlies. We're now a week away from the start of the NHL's regular season. So decisions are being made. The Leafs are down to 19 forwards. And one of those forwards is Easton Cowan of the London Knights. And, you know, it's it's been such a fun story because since before the draft to the, the selection and the, you know, question marks from people who didn't know who this guy was to all of a sudden now he's one of the most talked about prospects that has hung around this team for so long. And, and listen, Easton Cowan deserves to still be there. Is he going to make the team as an 18-year-old and play within the top nine in his very first season? No. But why not give a guy who has looked good in camp the opportunity to stick with the big club, to be a part of some games as they creep up towards the start of the season and give him a chance to bond with some of the guys. You know, he's a first round selection of this team. He's played great. He scored, I think, in two of the three preseason games that they've had so far during the rookie camp. I think he had six points in three games. He has been everything and then some i think that the toronto maple leafs have wanted out of him the update from him right now is saying that easton cowan is not going to be going on the trip they do a trip up to gravenhurst for some team bonding cowan is not going to be on that trip however he will still be in toronto when the team returns afterwards so just kind of sticking around and being in the big city for a little bit uh whatever you want to take from that but it's just been a lot of fun to see easton cowan stick around and do as well as he has and really kind of put an exclamation mark as to why he was a first-round selection. And Kyle, you know what's really great about that? And it's perfect that you bring up Gravenhurst. This is something that the Maple Leafs do and have done in training camp for a few years now. And the fact that he's not going on that. Because one of the things that's very difficult, and you don't tend to get a lot of it, is the communication between management and players. Because management... Management does not want to say, okay, here's the decision we're making and then have to change their minds. So that's completely fair. So players will just go day by day. And the longer a player is with a team, sometimes the more it might seem to that player that, you know, I, I might make this team. And then if that doesn't happen, it can be a huge letdown, especially for a young player. And in this case, I think, if Easton Cowan is not going on that Gravenhurst trip, it's helping him to realize, look, I'm here to learn. And that's exactly what he's going to do. But the Leafs may not have him on their opening night roster. However, he has shown what he needs to show. And you've got a lot of fans who were maybe questioning the Maple Leafs taking him in the first round in this year's NHL entry draft now saying, Oh, Oh, now I see why he was a first-round pick. I get it. He is a guy that has a work ethic that is off the charts. He has all kinds of skill, and he's going to take this exactly how, as Leafs management, you would want him to take it. He's there. He's learning. He sees what the rhythm of an NHL road trip is, going into Montreal, playing in Montreal. Montreal in the preseason is a lot like Montreal at any time, and it's a great atmosphere to play in. And so he gets that whole experience and you get to see how the pros go about their business. You get to see that, oh, you know, Austin Matthews is a really good shooter. 
uh, you know, he must just show up in games and do what he does. No, you get to see just how hard Austin Matthews works in practice, how hard Mitch Marner works in practice. And you get that real sense of, yeah, this is what it takes to be a pro. And that's been such a great education for him. And so, you know, I, I think Easton is a guy who, no matter what was happening, knows exactly. He This guy follows the game. He knows how the game works. And so the fact that he's getting this experience is going to help him. And I don't think there's anything telling him, oh, you know what? It, yeah, I'm, I'm really disappointed now. I don't think he's going to come back disappointed if and when he comes back. I think he's going to come back elated and just, you know, fired up to get going, knowing what his future could hold for him. It's fantastic. It really is. And you, like you said, motivation from him going and getting a taste of what it could be like, I think is only going to drive him more. I don't think it's going to do the opposite in any way. Uh, it's really nice to see Easton Cowan thriving right now, being up with the uh, Leafs camp right now. We talked about Mike, uh, Michael Simpson a little bit, stability in net and what it means to get, you know, a, a veteran goaltender. I want to talk really quickly here about Sam Dickinson. And here's a guy who's going into his draft eligible season who showed flashes as a 16 year old last year as being a guy who really could be, you know, a top end pick for a team in the NHL draft. And he's already shown with his presence on the back end, on the power play, four points in two games. Has he already taken a step, Mike, in the first two games of this year compared to last? You know what? It's hard to think that he could this early on, but yes, yes, he has. And he's another guy that just absolutely loves the game. He's the guy that when training camp began, if you were to tell him, you know, Sam, the regular season begins tomorrow, he'd say, yes, ready, all set, can't wait. And four points in two games, um, power play time. You're seeing him as a 16-year-old looking like an 18-year-old. Now he's a 17-year-old who looks like a 20-year-old. He learns so quickly. You've highlighted this, Kyle, that, you know, even when he was very young in the league and it seemed to only take a couple of weeks, but if there was something that didn't go right on a shift, there he was on the bench getting instruction. You never saw that thing go wrong again. Everything gets improved upon. He's such a great student of the game. So his start at goal and two assists in the night's win on the Saturday night against Niagara and it's not just his offense. His offense is going to come, and it's great seeing that. But it's what he does stabilizing things. And London has so many stabilizers on defense that that's something that is going to be a, a real bonus going throughout the year. All of these 19-year-old defensemen, or Ethan McKinnon in his overage year, one of the things that you'll see in any scouting report is steady, stable, uh, doesn't make mistakes, makes the right decision. And that limits mistakes. And in junior hockey, mistakes are going to happen. And if you limit mistakes, you limit turnovers. And that's going to take you a long way. It's why there's so many high scoring games, Mike, you know, with mistakes specifically early on in the season. And that is what the Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds, I think, have really flourished off of because that is the next night's opponents. The Knights go on the road Wednesday in the suit to take on the Greyhounds. And this is the team, Mike, who you mentioned at the beginning of the season or beginning of the podcast story. Sue maybe weren't the team that were front running to be the standouts after the first couple of games. But after 18 goals in two games and a game in which they scored seven and then a game in which they scored 11 goals, you start looking up and down the roster and you go, oh, no, there's 
there's a lot of good players on this roster. They could be a very good team this year. And that's the thing about Sault Ste. Marie. You look at teams sometimes, and it's difficult to know who's going to take a step. And you look at their roster and you think, oh, that guy's a good player. Has he ever exploded in the OHL? No, but he's got the potential to do it. Oh, look, that guy's a good player. He hasn't really, you know, burst out. But if he did, and what we've seen through the first two games is those players doing exactly that. And so they are led by a guy from London in Bryce McConnell Barker. And Bryce McConnell Barker is a dynamite player. He's a draft pick of the New York Rangers. He's got size. He can shoot. Um, you know, you name it, he'll give it to you. And he now can look and say, all right, I've also got some help from Jack Beck, who was acquired. He's a draft pick of the Calgary Flames acquired from Ottawa and he's someone who can kind of do a little bit of everything he's an overage player but it's the Marco Mignosas and another Londoner Jordan Dentino and then Brendan Sirizadi and Chris Brown and Alex Kostov has some points so far Travis Hayes was a second round pick in 2023 and he's come in and added some offense early and so when you start spreading it around like that the return of Owen Allard who missed much of last year with a shoulder injury and it's not only their forwards Sault Ste. Marie has had a style for a long time where they've always got somebody jumping up so it's not like you're dealing with three forwards it's like you're dealing with four all the time and you look at Andrew Gibson being able to add offense. Matthew Virgilio, if you don't know his name yet, he was a fourth-round pick of the Greyhounds in 2022. Get ready, because this guy will have a big year this year. And then they've got Kirill Kudratsev, who has been with them forever, coming out of the pandemic, who's 19. He's a draft pick of the Vancouver Canucks, and he's been teaming early with Artu Karki of the Vegas Golden Knights. He was a third-round pick of Vegas in 2023 and i had a chance to talk with somebody from vegas on the weekend and they have real high hopes for him because he's got good size at 6'2 and 178 he's really mobile does a lot of good things and he and Kondravsev have been playing so uh this uh this is not an easy easy matchup by any means and then charlie shankle and landon miller look like a, a really good tandem in net so the greyhounds are explosive so now it's about finding ways to limit their ability to be explosive uh their opposition didn't do that the first time around it's going to be a big point to the knights having success in sault saint marie as they play on october the 4th our two Akarki, one of four players on the roster, Mike, with already five points on the season. And that's not including Jack Beck, who has six points through the first two games as well. So that'll be a really early test for the London Knights before they come home for Thanksgiving. We'll preview those games on the next episode of the podcast. But before we get out of here, I heard it all around the rink on opening night. You had requests for it on the call during the show and everything like that. Sam O'Reilly was coming off of the ice or when he's on the ice and you hear people screaming, specifically his teammates at a boy peanut explain the nickname peanut to everybody who is just hearing this for the first time. At a boy peanut. Yeah. When you travel with the Knights, you do that word just stands out. Cause it's one thing you hear very often. You might hear nicknames and they all kind of blend into the background. But when somebody says peanut, there's something about that word. Maybe it's the the letter P and the letter T. I don't know what it is. But yeah, that is Sam O'Reilly's nickname. We could tell you the story, but it's more fun if it comes from him. Here is Sam O'Reilly on how he got his nickname, Peanut. 
So I'm allergic to peanuts. I'm deathly allergic. And uh, when I first came to London, my uh, my roommate last year, Logan Mayu, he, he came up with it and it kind of just stuck and all the boys loved it. So that's kind of, it's, it's been going on since then and it's great. I love it. Is everybody good though? Nobody's bringing peanut butter sandwiches no, around? We make sure. We make sure. That's good. That's, that's teammate stuff right oh, yeah. there. Well, congratulations on the first goal, guys. Thanks. Thanks, Sophie. That is Knights forward Sam O'Reilly. So it is a peanut-free dressing room in London, and nobody minds it. And that's, that's a change because, Kyle, if anyone is around junior hockey – there's a lot of peanut butter that is eaten peanut butter on toast in the breakfast to make a peanut butter sandwich at the little food station that you have just these guys are eating all the time because they burn so many calories and peanut butter is one of those key ingredients usually to their diet and now it's one that the knights do not have because sam o'reilly's got that allergy and with it maybe the best nickname in the ohl well, listen, to this day, Sidney Crosby's pregame meal is a peanut butter and jam sandwich. So I don't know if they're ever going to collide at some point or be in the same locker room, but you might have to talk to Sid on that one for maybe changing it or doing it earlier so that he doesn't have to come in contact. But nevertheless, a great story, a great nickname. Love the fact that all the guys are so good about it and what an environment it was. What a start it is for the London Knights as they gear up for their road game on Wednesday against the Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds. You can listen to that game live on 980 CFL, uh, CFPL, sorry. Mike Stubbs will have the call. Uh, puck drop, I believe, 707. And then the Knights gear up for a uh, a fun Thanksgiving weekend with back-to-back home games on Friday, Saturday. We'll preview those on the next episode of the pod. We appreciate you listening, and you can listen to all previous episodes, as we mentioned, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Mike, have fun in the suit Wednesday. We'll talk about it after. Can't wait.